Welcome to the Loan with Jen podcast, your weekly source to keep you informed on everything about financing your home, where you will hear real facts, no BS. I'm your host, Jennifer Hernandez, a loan officer since 1995, and over 4,300 families financed to date. If you're starting to think about buying or refinancing a home, wonder if you have the right credit, savings, or even income, you're in the right place. On my weekly episodes, I make complicated topics easy to understand. By the way, my license is NMLS 514497. The ideas expressed here are my own opinions and don't represent any legal advice. Thanks for joining. Let's jump in. Welcome to another episode of Loan with Jen, Real Facts, No BS, Everything About Mortgage. So today we have a super special guest. She is a financial wizard, Karina Gutierrez. And Karina, welcome. Thank you, Jen, for the invitation. I'm excited to be in your program. Yes, Karina, I have known her for many, many years, dates back to our college days. I was an exchange student in Monterey, Mexico. And I can tell you from experience, she does not leave a stone unturned. This girl was a hammer when we lived together in Mexico. And we've been friends, had almost 30 years now. So we're dating ourselves. Karina, you are with Xfinia Financial Services. So you're going to have great great knowledge for us today. I brought you on because I really wanted listeners to hear about why not to put 20% down. Yeah, sure, sure. So tell us first just about your kind of general knowledge base. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a CPA in Mexico and they I specialize in, t- in international finance, but most of my career has been in financial services here in the U.S. I've been here in Houston over 25 years. So I've been living here longer than I live in Mexico. So we have always helped clients that wanted to invest here in the U.S. We don't only help domestic clients. We also help uh, foreign nationals that want to move their money to the U.S. and invest here. So your knowledge base is super broad. Lots of analysis that you're doing with markets all over. My point today that I really wanted to make is mortgage rates really have always been, as far as I've been doing this 27 years now, they've always been lower interest rate than what people can earn in the market. Is that pretty much your 25-year experience tell you as well? Yes, yes, yes. When we are doing a financial analysis, we always analyze debt. And mortgage is always the good debt that we don't want to pay off early. Right. We want to keep it, paying it, of course, on time to keep our perfect record, but not prepay it because usually interest rates here in the U.S. are very affordable, very low, sometimes incredibly low, and makes no sense to prepay the house since that money that you have, you can invest it in the market or somewhere else, even in some other real estate investments, and make money with the bank's money. Let's use leverage. Let's use the bank money so we can make more money. No, that's right. I'm also a big proponent of that. I personally have an interest-only loan on my house. I don't even pay principal. So I would rather invest my money in the market. Now, 
disclaimer, if you're going to save money and not put it towards principal on your house, make sure you're putting it into an investment vehicle, not into your pocket or into your, you know, spending shopping habits, right? So totally <laughs> agree. Totally. Yeah, you have to have the discipline set up, which I do, to take that differential in my mortgage payment of what I would normally be paying to interest. Uh, I actually got a rate in. I almost hate to admit it. And actually, it was five or six years ago, back when, you know, rates were super, super low. I got a 10-year interest-only ARM adjustable rate mortgage at 3.1%. So I am not touching that thing when it matures in 10 years. I'll figure out at that time what to do with it. But for right now, I'm interest-only and just socking my way in in the market because the thought, Karina, is I can definitely earn more than 3% on my money in the stock market. If you could kind of just tell, you know, we might have some not seasoned investors listening and we might have some people that are really super good with their money, but just kind of in layman's ordinary terms, the difference between maybe over time, what average investments are or what kind of people should look for to know whether they should prepay or not or invest or whatever. Yes. On average, the U.S. market over the last 30 years has earned an 8% return. On average, of course, we have outstanding years. We have years where the market makes less. But on average, it's an 8%. So let's imagine, let's just put it in plain numbers. You have a mortgage at 3 4 even 5%. And you can invest the money at 8%. Well, keep paying the 5 put your money to work at 8 and keep the difference. So that's a 3%. Difference if you're paying five for the mortgage debt, but you're earning in the market eight on average, well, that's a three percent gain. Exactly. And they are, well, even if there's people that they don't like the market, and I understand it. I mean, there are other instruments where your principal can be protected of down years that in the market is not doing very well. So you can participate of the upside of the market and not participate on the downside of the market. Uh, when the market goes down, you simply stay flat. There are those instruments, or you can even invest the money in other type of real estate investments where you can be making between 5 and 10% fixed without any market volatility. So for me, it makes no sense to prepay the house if you have the liquidity. I'd rather invest it in some of these instruments that we can find the one that best suits your the best suit. Yeah, your risk tolerance and keep the keep the difference, keep the spread. So let's talk about a couple of ideas for people to think of before they start thinking about paying towards their mortgage. Cause there is a time and a place in it. I mean, I'm now over 50, so I'm kind of starting to think in a different way as far as okay, when do I, you know, I really don't want to have a big mortgage when I'm 60, right? So I'm starting to think a little differently. But let's just say someone who's under 50 still has a lot of savings years ahead of them. What are some instruments to think about, like checking off the list? Like, okay, do I have these other things fully funded before I think about paying off my mortgage? So the most obvious one is 401k. So maybe talk about that and, you know, insurance and things like that, life insurance. Yes. Well, the 401k it's a very good instrument, especially if you are getting a match from the company that you work for. 
for sure, if you're getting a match, you need to put the minimum of your part to get the maximum matching from the company. If you are in a traditional 401k, but sometimes people have access to a rough 401k. In that case, that money is after tax, but all the money is going to grow tax-free and you're going to be able to withdraw it tax-free. In that case, I will maximize the contribution that you can do yearly. And it's around 20%, 20,000, I'm sorry, and 26,000 when you are above 50. Yeah, so that's a lot of money that people could be working on before they pay off their mortgage. Because again, that money that money in your 401k or, or your Seth, if you're self-employed or you're a Roth, it's growing with the market. So that 8%, I know it was a 30-year average, but still, it still applies, right? The law of averages that you're, leave that money in there and it's growing, which is going to benefit you more than sitting in your house where you can't even access it, right? In case of an emergency yes. or whatever. And as I said, there are other instruments where you can participate of the upside in the market and not the downside, and they can still give you very good returns between 5%, 8%, 10 13%. There's even, if you love real estate, you want to, you want to, you're thinking, I want to prepay my house because I want to own that piece of property because I love real estate investments. Well, I will say, take advantage of that excellent mortgage that Jen got you and put that money to work in another piece of real estate. In that way, you are taking advantage of the low interest rate and there are investments in real estate, as I said, between short terms, between six months to 24 months, where you can be earning between five and, and 10% interest. Yeah, so I do want to mention that because there are some people that own real estate where they'll go and buy a B one two three ABC Street, and they're the landlord, and they charge somebody rent. Like that's a traditional way to own real estate. But then there's what we call passive investing, where you can find a fund. And actually, you if you want to reach Karina, Karina, what's a way to to reach you if someone is listening and wanted to reach out? Just your website, or how would someone yes, reach you? They can go to our website www.expinia. That is E X. F as in Frank, I and as in Nancy, I -A .com. They can go there or they can email us at info at .com. And yeah, we can answer all the questions. So there's some passive. I know that you have some groups that you know here locally in Houston or even not even local that people can be passive investors where you contribute a lump sum and then you're paid a dividend monthly if you're like oh I don't want to deal with being a landlord and I don't want to collect rent and I don't want to have to fix the toilet and all that stuff there's also passive investment opportunities so connecting with a financial advisor I'm not a big fan of uh, day trading <laughs> my husband and I tried it at one point and we did it did not go well and it you know it having an expert to help you. There's a total upside to that. But there's, when she talks about real estate, I just want to clarify for those that might uh, want a little more information, diversifying, you know, not everything has to be in the stock market. So 401k and IRA definitely max those things out. And then there's some things you can do in real estate. There's also some, I'm a big proponent of life insurance. My dad is 
I guess I just grew up with it. He's sold life insurance since I was like three years old. So there's also, Karina, some life insurance policies, right? That again, depending on the person, you have to talk to them and see what's right for them, where they could put money into a vehicle that later is not going to be taxed, right? It can grow tax-free as well. Is that right? Exactly. Life insurance has a preferential tax treatment. Since all the premiums that you're paying are after-tax money, that money will grow tax-free and you will be able to withdraw it tax-free. And now there are policies that you can, they can do three jobs with one policy. They can give you, of course, protection in case of a premature death, but they also give you protection in case of a long-term illness, instead, in case of a chronic critical or terminal illness that, that we know that we are living longer and the probability that at some point we are affected by a, by a long-term illness, well, that, that probability increases. So we need to have that protection so we can leave our savings and our retirement accounts alone and have that protection, that policy paid for those expenses without having to touch our retirement uh, funds. But let's say nothing happens. We stay healthy. We are alive. All that money that we save there, we can withdraw it tax-free for whatever reason at whatever time. We can use that money to fund our retirement, to fund our kids' education, to start a new business, to grow our business, to buy any property or to travel around the world if that's what we want to do. So it's super flexible and it has tax advantages. Yeah, there are really some good different policies and some good loophole tax. They hope the IRS is not listening, but there's some good tax, you know, way to kind of evade some estate tax and things later on. Life insurance is a really good way to do that. So everyone's at a different level. But one thing I do want to mention, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about insurance because we're talking about all other things. But, you know, people think that, oh, long-term illness is just for old people. That is not true. I have heard and, and, and known people where they're 30 years old and something happens and they're in an accident. I mean, you can have a long-term disability in a moment's notice, no matter, it doesn't discriminate, no matter what age you are, there's something that can happen. So I personally am a really big proponent. So someone like Karina is going to definitely know the ins and outs of what's good for you. And it depends on your age and your family. And there's all kinds of questions to be asked. Am I right, Karina? Yes. And, and what you mentioned about the IRS, the IRS uh, design this code for life insurance because they want to incentivate us to be self-insured. They don't want us to old <laughs> fall into the arms of the government. They don't want us cashing in on Medicare. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. There's a method to the madness for sure. Yes. Yeah. So they, they design these tax advantage products so we can um, utilize them. Yeah, use them and take advantage of them. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think the point just to wrap it up is, and again, you can reach Karina at Xfinia.com, right? Yes. Yeah. And we'll put it in the, in the comments, in the description. We'll put, we'll be sure to put your website as well. So basically there's, there's several things that you can do to make sure that you and your family are covered, not only for retirement and earning more interest cumulatively than what you're paying on the mortgage. But also making sure that, I mean, we didn't even touch kids' education. There's some life insurance policies that can help with that. Or a 529. I actually have a 529. 
before I found out there was a better product, I'd already I'd already done it. But but some people want to do the five twenty nine. So again, it's great to talk to someone like Karina that, and you could call her on the side and ask her different instruments. That I just wanted to expand people's thinking of these types of products before they rush and say, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to prepay." And I'm not saying don't send an extra payment to your mortgage. A little goes a long way, but like maybe. 50 or $100 a month can help shave off some interest, but that could also really benefit you as well. $50 or $100 a month. I mean, that's, that's like a life insurance policy premium, right? So yes. someone like Karina is going to help you sift through all of those things. And another thing, I mean, what, what you're mentioning, yes, it's true. But on top of that, Jenny, when people have already accumulated a lot of equity, in their home. They've been paying their mortgage for several years. They already have equity built in. They can even get a HELOC, a home equity line of credit to pull that uh, money out and invest it in real estate. I personally did that. I will not, I will personally will not pull the equity of my home to invest it in the market because to me, that's a lot of risk. But if you pull the money out of real estate with a fixed cost. Right now, a helio could cost you around 5%. But if you can invest it at 8, 9, or 10% in real estate with a fixed return, you have fixed cost, fixed return. With that spread, you keep the difference and you're putting the equity of your house to work instead of being sitting there on that equity, you know, without really growing much besides the appreciation. Because if we are not putting our equity to work, what is happening? The house is appreciating and we are paying higher taxes on the property taxes. You bring a really good point. Thanks for bringing it up because the home equity line of credit, it's like a second lien. It's a, it's like a little piggyback loan. It's just a line like of credit. Like just a little add on. It's like a menu. It's like a dessert that's added on to your. So you've got your regular mortgage and then you've got either the HELOC or, you know, we do we do home equity loans where we wrap your big mortgage in with it. And that's where you can really fix the cost. The HELOC actually has a variable rate. So there's pluses and minuses to it that you could just reach out to me and talk to me about. But the spirit of it is, especially in the last couple of years, Houses all over the country have appreciated at ginormous rates. Now, things are calming down. They're not going to go backwards, but they're calming down. And I would say that there's some people sitting on some equity that they didn't think about, that they could take out the equity of their home. Now, in Texas, you can only take out up to 80% of your value, which I think is great. Texas has major, a lot of protections for homeowners. Other states allow you to take up to 100%, which is really really risky, but you can take out up to 80%. And like Karina mentioned, use that money and you can make improvements to your house. You could add a pool, you could invest it. I mean, making improvements to your house also increases the value for you to sell it later on. So there's many things that you can do to leverage your real estate as well, that people might just to expand your thinking that you might not be thinking about. So Karina, before we wrap up, is there anything that we've left on the table as to maybe the benefits of why to put less money down or why to think about leveraging some equity in your house? Well, it's just to make the numbers. I will say a lot of people are adverse against 
leverage and debt. But once I show them the numbers of how much in the long term they can have just by putting their money to work, mm-hmm. then it clicks and it, then it makes sense. So allow yourself to go over the analysis, look at the numbers. Math doesn't lie. Hard numbers are hard numbers. Math does not lie. I do like that. It does not. And you are definitely a numbers person. Ever since I met you, God, you have just been crunching the numbers. So (laughs) for those listening, Karina, you're a penny pincher in the right way. Like she's super careful with her cough. So for her to be saying leverage and keep debt on your mortgage, it's a pretty big compliment to the industry because she's if there's savings to be had, she's going to have it. And so it's a smart decision. I mean, it's a, and you're right, the numbers and just getting with an appropriate person to really go through those numbers with you to see what's best for you and your family. When clients are telling me, oh, I want to put 20% down. I'm like, hey, do you, are you open to looking at five or 10% down and just thinking about what you could do with that money? (laughs) Uh, I don't give them financial advice, but I just kind of open their eyes to to talking to someone like you or saving that money. A lot of people are buying homes that need to be repaired. So it's like, hey, put less down and put that pool in to increase the value or max out your Roth or put it in a 529 for your kids, you know, put it, put it away all in one big lump sum and then you don't have to worry about it. Right. So there's lots of cool things that you can do, which is really kind of the point of this, of this podcast episode. Well, Karina, thank you so much. Karina Gutierrez, Xfinia Financial. I appreciate you giving us your wisdom today on this podcast. I think I'm, I think I'm on your podcast next week, right? What is your podcast handle? What's your, what's your site? Oh, our podcast is called Universo Financiero, which is in Spanish. So for our Spanish listeners, Universo Financiero, we talk about all different type of financial topics. So Jen will be talking to us next week. Oh, good. So I'll have to speak Spanish, right? Yes. Which is fine. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I am bilingual, by the way. So thank God yes. that uh, <laughs> I do have my little gringa accent, but okay. I'll be speaking Spanish next week. Universal Financiero. Yes. Very good. Well, thanks for joining us today. I super appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for the invitation. Okay, Karina. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Loan with Jen podcast. Keep joining me each week to stay up to date on the mortgage industry as I'll dive into relevant topics so your home financing process, whether you're buying or refinancing, is smooth and simple. If you enjoyed today, please click follow and that way you'll never miss an episode. To find us on social media, just go to Loan with Jen on any of the social media handles, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in this week for Real Facts, No BS. Talk soon. Mm -hmm.